Hello and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy podcast. My name's Dave and I'm your host. Today on the show we bring you Act 3 of Greek Tragedy that happened in June at the Dog Star in Brixton. Some of the acts that you'll hear were very visual and so they may have been cut down or if they haven't been cut down you may have to do a little bit of imagination of what kind of antics may have been going on in the room. We wanted to bring you the experience, so we've left some of that stuff in. If you want to see the tragedy, then come along to one of our shows. Our next one is on Wednesday the 9th of July at the Black Heart in Camden. That's going to be a really great night. It's a crossover night with Kit Lovelace's fantastic storytelling show, Romantic Misadventure. It's going to be a really good night. You can buy tickets for it through our crowdfunding campaign, which you can find at bit.ly forward slash tragic fringe. The tickets there are just £5, so get over and come and see the tragedy and you won't miss any of the visuals. If you want to give more than just £5, please consider doing so. There's some really great perks over on our crowdfunder and we need your help to get ourselves up to Edinburgh. So help us spread the tragedy as far and wide as possible we're going to be in edinburgh from the 2nd to the 24th of august every day at 7 30 at the banshee labyrinth with five different tragic acts of brilliant and wonderful variety come and see us in the fringe and consider funding our campaign it's bit.ly forward slash Tragic Fringe. And here is today's episode, Act 3 of Greek Tragedy. Hello, everybody. Wow, look at this. So, uh, this, this show was uh, Time Out's Critics' Choice today, and we were featured in the uh, top 10 uh, storytelling nights in the country a couple of months ago in The Guardian. So, I think we can see the kind of audiences you get if you get media publicity and so hopefully we're going to sound uh, like that kind of an audience tonight because this is a podcast so at least there is that so welcome to stand up tragedy my name's dave and i'm your host Uh, what we do at stand up tragedy is we stand up and we do tragedy Uh, it's a variety night it has music it has comedy it has spoken words tonight it has theater so an excellent lineup that we've got of tragic variety tonight. Um, I like to flag up though that as tonight is a tragedy, people may go to dark places. You should be aware of that. Um, as I guess we should always be aware that we may go to dark places in our lives. Um, but tonight it's pretty guaranteed. So welcome back to Act Three of Stand Up Tragedy. Wow, there we go. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned earlier on, when I was like seven years old, I, did, I, I really truly believed in the Greek gods. And it, it seemed like more, made more sense to me than the idea of, you know, the Christian god that I was vaguely aware of before then. I think maybe I believed in. Uh, but then the Greek gods were so much better because they were so much more true, like how gods would really be, like they didn't give a fuck about human beings. <laughs> Uh, they did some crazy shit and that, that, that I really related to. Um, and yeah, 
I, I truly did believe in those gods. Um, and I had a book. Uh, called God's Men and Monsters. And uh, on, uh, on this page here is a picture of Athena. And I guess this is the first woman I ever fancied I'm holding in my <laughs> hands here. I don't know if this is tragic or not. Uh, a little bit, yeah, sure. I mean, she, she, she's got great eyes. She's got really, like, unnaturally green eyes. So I, I think that's probably what one of the things that that worked for me, and she looks quite, quite more photo real than some of the other pictures in the book. So it was a more like, oh, she stands out, she looks more real. Um, but yeah, she doesn't look really <laughs> properly like a human, does she? She's just a picture. Um, but I did, I did fall in love with this picture for a little while. Um, and uh, yeah, that's in fact what, what, what that play that I, uh, I read a brief extract from was called Athena Take Me Over. So clearly, even into my teenage years, this uh, feeling for this woman uh, continued. Yeah, I mean, I just thought I'd share that with you, you know. It's not even like worked out into a bit or anything. It's just, uh, if, I, if, I, if you share the, the tragic things that have happened to you in your life, you know, maybe you can get past them. But I mean, I, I am past it, I have to say. I, I, don't, I don't look at that picture now. It, it doesn't do much for me now. But then, as we know, the more you experience, the less you can enjoy the simple things <clears throat> in that kind of area, anyway. So, on that note, let's welcome our uh, next performer. Uh, so, uh, is he in the room? That's awkward if he's not. We might just change the uh, scheduling round. Tom's not here, is he? They're changing. They're changing? Well, I tell you what, shall we have, we'll, we'll reorder, we'll reorder the order, that won't, that won't matter, we'll carry on. Uh, and yeah, is that okay with you, as the next performer? Yes, because it's already past your bedtime, as you said to me earlier. So, um, we're, I'm going to change the order, uh, so we're going to have Steffi Harrop, who you can find, oh, hang on, no, I'm not. We'll go, oh, the, the drama, the drama, instead, no, welcome to the stage, Tom Older, everybody! Sanabir 
Avropani Ipsisus tokatati littered with Greek tragedy, which is quite, quite, quite symbolic and nice. Uh, when, I was, when I looked for some sort of uh, Greek folk uh, singing, I didn't know it would come with uh, costumes. <laughs> and I think, I think well done for, the, for wearing fake beards in this heat. I mean, that in itself is an accomplishment. Hubristic almost, but they pulled it off. So, our next uh, performer, is Steffi Harrop, who I've almost introduced once before tonight. You can find her at www.steffiharrop.co.uk. On the 19th of June, uh, she's, got, she's uh, involved with Story Jam Summer Pudding, which is on at Canvas and Cream. Please put your hands together for Steffi Harrop! Hello, lovely to be here. Um, my name is Steffi. Um, you probably can't see me for the mic, sorry. Uh, I am here, I promise. Just as well I'm not skinny, isn't it? Otherwise you'd have no clue. Um, hello, I'm Steffi, and the key thing you need to know about me right now is that I'm kind of an idiot. Um, I spent three years of my life writing a PhD about Greek tragedy. I now spend most of my life teaching Greek tragedy. Actually, I spend most of my life teaching the ode to man. Life's little ironies. Um, but when I realised that I was going to be performing on an evening called Greek Tragedy, what did I decide to do? I decided to do a bit of Greek epic. Not sure what was going on there in my tiny mind. Um, so sorry about that, a little bit off topic. Um, redeeming feature of that cock-up. When the playwrights of ancient Athens looked for tragic tales, when they were looking for stories to make their great dramas out of, one of the places that they looked, when they weren't looking at Oedipus and when they weren't looking at Medea, they looked at Troy. They looked at that great shining city on the shores of the sea, which was half a memory and half a dream. That city where all the great heroes of the almost forgotten past met and fought on the beaches. And that is where we're going now. So picture in your minds, because I know you all know Troy. It has been thousand upon thousand of years, and you still know Troy. When I say that word, there's a picture in your head, so see it now. See those towers, those beaches, the black ships pulled up high, full of fighters. Fighters who have been sitting and squabbling and dying in the sun for almost ten years now. And no result. 
Picture that scene. Picture the plain of Troy where gold and wheat used to grow, which was long ago trampled down by the heavy feet of men in bronze armour. Fields whose boundary stones were picked up in hard hands, hefted high and used to smash in the skulls of enemies. Picture that land. And running across it, picture the Trojans, terrified and in fear for their lives, and following them, Achilles. You've heard of Achilles, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, quite a nice boy, not the brightest, given to sulking in tents. <laughs> you know the one? Should have seen somebody about that heel, yeah? Okay, we've got him. So picture Achilles in his god-forged armour, running at high speed across the plain, the sun glinting off him as if he were a star in the heavens. Imagine the terror of the men who fled. And they fled to the river, desperate to get away from Achilles in his murderous fury. They came to the banks of the river, they tore off their brazen armour, they left swords and spears standing among the willows and the elms as if they had grown there themselves, and went hurtling, tumbling into the waters of the Scamander, pushing each other and shoving, all of them frantically trying to reach the opposite bank, all of them trying to find safety every one of them thinking, the others will die, but I might live. Some hope. Achilles was close behind them, Achilles in his flashing armour. He leaned his spear against a tamarisk and hurled himself into the water <coughs> among them, his blade, his sword flashing in a circle, turning the crystal waters crimson. And when he had finished killing in the water, he climbed up onto the bank and carried on killing there, his long ash spear in his hand. But one time, when he lifted his spear for the kill, he looked down and he saw a boy dripping and naked and trembling at his feet, slipping under his spear to cling at his ankles and to look up and to plead and to beg. A beautiful boy. You've never heard of him, but he was Lycaon. He was one of the youngest sons of King Priam and he was good to look at. Glinting, naked, trembling on the riverbank, clinging to the feet of his killer. And he called out, Achilles, Achilles, look, it's me, it's Lycaon. Achilles, you remember me, you must remember me. Listen, I was the boy in the tree. Even in Iliad times, that was a slightly weird thing to say, okay? <laughs> I was the boy in the tree. You have to remember. It was evening. It was spring. I was out in my father's orchards, high in the trees, pruning their branches with a bronze knife. And you came riding by. And you looked up. And you saw me there. And your men saw me too, and they came, laughing, joking, murder in their eyes, and they shook the trunk of the tree until unripe figs pelted down onto the road as if harvest had come early. And I fell down on the road among them, and you looked at me, and you laughed, and I lived. Please, 
Achilles, you've got to remember me. It's me. It's the same Lycaon. I'm the same. You saved me then. Why would you kill me now? But Achilles looked down. And all he could see was the face of his friend, the face of his best friend, his best beloved cousin, dead. And so he spoke and said, why make such a fuss? Why all this hullabaloo? Is your death such a tragedy? Better men than you are dead. Better men than you are dying this very moment. Even I, great and heroic, the ultimate fighter, even I one day will go down under some man's spear or sword. What makes you special? Why would you even try? And Lycaon sat back on his heels and he spread his arms wide. And Achilles lifted his long bronze-tipped spear. And Lycaon's blood painted the ground. Then Achilles lifted up that beautiful corpse by the heel and swung it round his head, high in the air, hurling him into the river like some thriftless fisherman throwing away the best part of his catch. And more and more men he killed and sent pelting into those waters that were churning and frothing now, so many dead that at last the river himself rose up and cried out, Achilles, you may kill men, but you may not fight the river. You may not fight Scamander. Stop. You're killing now. My channel is choked. My waters cannot find their way to the sea. Step back from the river before I destroy you. But Achilles kept on killing. And so the river did rise up in all his power and fury, a river choked with the corpses of men, with bronze armor, with the metal of weapons, and all that weight he hefted down upon Achilles and sent him tumbling across the valley. And Achilles would have died at that moment had he not reached up and grabbed the branch of an elm tree that overhung the river. But then he fled from the might of the water. Then he ran as fast as he could, but at every step the river undercut his feet, dragging the ground away from him. And the river cried out to Achilles, you thought you'd die a hero. You thought you'd be remembered. You thought you were more important than all of these other dead men littering the plain. But when I take you down into my depths, you will be lost in the sand and the silt, and the Greeks will not be able to find a single one of your bones to raise a tomb over. And the river lifted Achilles high into the air as if he had been a child, high into the air, ready to dash him down upon the stony ground. And Achilles cried out to all the gods of Olympus, You gods! This is not the death I was promised. You told me if I gave my life here, I would be a hero. There would be songs, there would be plays. I don't know what a play is yet because they haven't been invented, but I was told that there would be tragedies. 
This is not the death that we agreed! And the gods heard him, of course. And they sent fire flashing down from Olympus. Fire that smashed into the great waves of Scamander, sending him scalded and hissing back into his own channels. Achilles watched with fury and with joy in his heart as the heavens fought the earth, as fire fought water, as the gods fought the river, and all of this pleased his angry, anguished soul. But Lycaon heard none of it, saw none of it. Deep in the depths of the river, lying silent. Just a small tragedy. Okay, so now it is my pleasure to bring to you uh, another performer. Uh, you can see his show at the Edinburgh Festival. It's going to be called Awkward Prophet. You can find him at www.josnorris.co.uk. The good thing about saying this for the benefit of the podcast to help promote people is it does give away, you know, who I'm going to introduce next. But he is uh, a comedian who I think is one of the, my favourite comedians that I've seen on this stage. Uh, and I really love what he does. So put your hands together for Charles Norris! It's really hot, isn't it? It's, it's hot, isn't it, today? And I was going to write a whole, um, a whole bit about Greek stuff, uh, but I'm, t I'm tired. I'm really tired. Uh, so I don't really know what to do. I feel like I just need to relax a bit. Um, what do you... What's your name? Susie. Susie, do you ever get tired? Yeah. And you need to relax a bit? Yeah. What do you do if you're at home and you're tired and you need to relax or something? Hey. Okay, could do that. <laughs> what else? What does anybody else do just to relax? John, John Fleming, any thoughts? Sleep, Sleep yeah. Can't do that, I've got, got to do a performance. <laughs> anybody, what else? What do people do? Take a bath. Bath? Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry guys, just to thanks, just to get me in the mood really. Here we go. Fill this up. Here it goes. Where are we going from here? 
relax me. Oh, this will be lovely. This will be absolutely lovely. Oh, who loves a bath, guys? Eureka! Are you there? Eureka! 
That's age, and they didn't try any other tactic at any point until <laughs> 10 years in they invented subterfuge. Right? <laughs> they were like, oh, should we try, try sneaking in? <laughs> but honestly, I'm not a general, right? But, I'm not a war a warmonger or a war, I've, been, I've got no experience in warfare. But I think, I think after like a month of, of pitched siege battle, I would go, I'm going to try something subtler. This is like a month. I'd be, I'd be bored. I'd be bored after a month. So, 10 years, Dragomemnon to not one day go, right, today, guys, uh, we're going to just uh, crawl on our hands and knees towards Troy singing. That's today's tactic. That's today. And they go, why? And I'd just go, I'm bored. I'm really bored. <laughs> We've got to do something. We've got to keep ourselves entertained. Next day, right, today, all of you put on a wig and a dress. And then just sort of wiggle <laughs> towards Troy and just see what they do. Just see what they do. I'm curious. But they never did. They just kept going, right, today we're going to just attack Troy again. <laughs> a bit more. Because I really think, I think we're really on the point of annoying them. I think we're going to really, any minute they're going to turn around and go, what? What is it? What do you want? And we'll work. can we have her back? No. <laughs> no, you can't. She's aged terribly since this died, anyway. I don't know what the point is. Um, that's a sexist thought, isn't it? Uh, I don't know what the point is. She's aged. I didn't mean it. But anyway, um, well, what was I going to say? Something else about that. Oh, yeah, and then eventually, ten years in, Odysseus says, Oh, let's try sneaking in. Where, was, where were any of his ideas? What was he doing for ten years? He's the one with the ideas. He's like, Oh, let's try sneaking in. Could have that sooner. Anyway, <laughs> the, the last thing I want to talk about is just a little thing about um, Greek myths and a particular element of them that I find uh, mostly. Who likes Greek myths? Everybody loves them, right? They're good. They're good. But uh, some of them are really poetic, and there's a logic to them. And even though you know, like the whole chariot of the sun thing, that's nice. You can picture that. That's really nice. There are moments though in Greek myth which really defy logic and have no. You say, why did you write that? Because the thing is, like, as you know, as comedians and storytellers and performers and that kind of thing, we all know about the idea of trying to get an audience to invest in a story. And a lot of the time, it won't last past one gig because we'll go, oh, it's terrible. There's some stuff in Greek myths where you're like, why is that stuck? Like, why is that kind of creation myth? That's absurd. Specifically, Athena. Who knows how Athena was born? A couple of weeks. Yeah, Athena, for those that are not in the know, I'll clue you in on this. Athena was born by, the, the exact quote is, she leapt fully armoured from the brow of Zeus. I can't even picture that. I don't know what, that, what does that mean? If I was there, Homer or whoever said that, I was like, yeah, and then Athena leapt fully armoured from the brow of Zeus, I would go, right, is that a metaphor? <laughs> and he'd go, no, 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 uh, literally, literally. And I go, right, then I don't, I don't understand, I don't understand what that means. How, how, what, how, how does Zeus respond? <laughs> Did he plan it? Or like, it's got a whole armoured woman leaps out of your forehead and you weren't planning it, then bloody hell. And if he was planning it, what, what a plan! What a weird plan! So I'm going to birth a fully armoured woman out of my face. Who does that? Who does that? Such a stupid story. I don't know what it means. And I don't think they should have stuck with it. I think it's fully armoured. Out his face. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, 
I mean, that was basically it. Those are my thoughts on, on <laughs> And I'm well aware that by far the, the, the most compelling of those bits was me in a bar. <laughs> but, um, but I thought, start strong. And then I forgot about ending strong. That's the other bit, isn't it? That's the, that's the trick, is start strong and end strong. Oh, wait, hang on. Oh, there's an easy, there's an easy solution here. Just get back in it. <laughs> get back in it. So, uh, Although this does mean I can't really leave the stage. <laughs> so I won't. Uh, well, uh, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. I, I like the idea of the last song being sung like a sing-along with you in the bath. Well, so. sexual undertone. Um, so, <laughs> we're going to do a sing-along now. <clears throat> uh, the song is uh, Common People by Paul. Normally we have a video projection of it, but we haven't got that this month. Uh, so, we're going to, here's the words. Look at the tragedy, look how many copies I've printed out, eh? Oh, oh. That's, uh, but that, you know, that's how being, being a Tragic hero, you have to have, be hubristic. You have to think, yes, but the possible maximum amount of people who could come, then I'm going to look stupid. Uh, but now I look like I'm really, you know, a bad judge of audiences. But I'm not, because I know that you're going to be a great audience to sing along to this song with. So... Okay, do you want to pass them around? You might know them already. I'm so we're going to do uh, Common People by Pulp. Who, hang on, let's have a show of hands. Who knows that song? Okay, good. More people than I was fearing from the kind of like blank looks I was getting when I was mentioning it. Classic, you know, one of the most important songs about uh, working class experience, in my opinion. Um, good song. Uh, not that tragic, but it's got the word Greece in it. And it is a bit tragic, actually, because it's, you know, about class, and class is pretty fucking tragic. So, <laughs> jolly jolly. Oh yeah, it's okay to not be jolly, it's a tragedy night. That's why I do this night, so that I'm allowed to get up on stage and not be jolly for a night. Right, Harv, we've got the, uh, the we're singing along with the actual record, which is good, because it will mean that we won't like mess up when to come in, like I always do. She had a first for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College, that's where I caught her eye. Oh yeah, you need one. That's alright. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, yes, Coca-Cola, she said, fine. <laughs> That's good. 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people. <laughs> Could I do? I'm still up. I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> My brother had to start his way. Started. Yeah. <laughs> I 
Giuseppe says you got no money. But she just laughed and said, You're so funny. I said, Yeah. But I don't see anyone else like me. Are you sure you want to live like common people? You want to sleep whatever common people see. Want to sleep with common people. You want to sleep with common people like me. Understand. She just smiled and held my hand. Red or flat, a ball of chunks. Cut your hair and get a job. Smoke some fags and play some pool. And you never went to school. Still, you'll never get it right. When you're laying in bed at night, watching roaches climb. So I think hard. now's the time to fade that down because it will look seamless and like we're not cutting it off early. Uh, so, well, almost seamless. So, yeah, let's have this. Have you got the theme tune ending song? This is, this is a, a relaxed night of standard tragedy tonight where we're making so many mistakes. They could almost be called tragic flaws. Uh, and as I always say, the great thing about this show is whether it goes well or not, it does what it says on the tin. So, you can find us at standuptragedy.co.uk. You can find us on uh, Twitter at standup4tragedy, the number four. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We've got a podcast. We've got a man getting out of some water. Uh, you can find the podcast in the kind of places you find podcasts. The next night we've got is called Tragic Misadventures. Uh, this is almost like a trailer for it. <laughs> Here. That's on Wednesday the 9th of July at the Black Heart in Camden. We're teaming up with a night called Romantic Misadventure that Kit Lovelace runs there. We've got Helen Arnie, we've got Bridie Lee Kennedy, we've got Alan Girard, we've got Gloria Sanders and we've got Kit Lovelace, we've got me. That's what's happening then. This is what's happening now. <laughs> Have a great rest of your night and enjoy uh, the early uh, finish. I thought he completely stripped off then. I was really excited. Um, so yes, time to sing, time to go. Thank you very much. Share the tragedy, connect with the tragedy. We're at Stand Up for Tragedy on Twitter, and we're over on Facebook where you can make friends with some tragedy or like some tragedy by having a search for Stand Up Tragedy. Next week, 
we bring you a Greek tragedy special which will hopefully be able to give you some context to some of the visual stuff that happened that we haven't been able to share through our audio podcast. It's a special with some interviews, with some commentary. Uh, it's going to be great. Produced by Bryony Hawkins. So have a listen out for that. As I said at the beginning of the show, we've got a crowdfunding campaign which you can find at bit.ly forward slash tragic fringe. That's to help us take the tragedy up to Edinburgh. We've got some really great perks over there, so have a look and see what you can get in exchange for helping us. And our next live show is on the 9th of July. It's Tragic Misadventures, and you can buy tickets through our crowdfunder at bit.ly forward slash tragic fringe for just five pounds. The podcast was recorded live by Stephen Harvey. It was produced by me with music from Sam Wilkinson and George Brock. And now the tragedy is over. Tragic.